Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. And here we are, end of July. This is Jeff Kolpak as the golf show presented by Nicolo Baltra. Presented to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio. As always, 740 The Fan is a dial. Fifth largest AM signal in the country. Later in the show, we're going to look into the PXG clubs. Um, I know I, from time to time I'll go into a, a clubs and manufacturers and uh, it's a unique story. So uh, we're going to later in the show get into PXG at Parsons Extreme Golf. And uh, so Ryan Livingood's going to join us. But uh, first and foremost, I want to head to the Lakes Country and I was struck by a Facebook post at the Detroit Country Club uh, just, um, I think, two or three months ago, it says, uh, to the Detroit Lakes golfing community, after 30 wonderful years at Detroit Country Club and after careful consideration, I have decided that 2022 will be my last year as a head professional at the Detroit Country Club. I want to thank each and every one of you for being part of my time at DCC. And looking back, I have many wonderful memories and I've made many great friends during my time here. I am looking forward to being able to spend more time in warmer weather hopefully getting to play just more golf for fun and, more importantly, spend more time with my family and grandchildren. I do not know exactly what the future might hold, but fortunately I have some time to figure that out. And the one in the end, I want to thank all of you and look forward to enjoying and celebrating with you this summer. Sincerely, Mark Holm. And thankfully, Mark Holm joins us to uh, you know dis- to talk further about the decision and-, and what a great career. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard decision? Uh, you know, it's a, it's in a way, but not really. We've done a lot here, and, uh, you know, things change in life. And like I said, I got a little grandson that uh, mm-hmm. I want to spend more time with and uh, my wife and uh, kids. So it's just kind of one of those timely things. When it happens, you, you just do it. Yeah, and before we maybe look back at, at, at your great career, do you know what you're going to do yet? I know this uh, Facebook post was was a couple months ago. Do you know what the future is in store? No, just uh, just take take time off and take a different view, and and then uh, you know if I do nothing, that's great. But <laughs> uh, just going to take a look. You never know what pops up. Right? How did you get into this? So let's take a look back here. How did you get into the the, the golf business? Oh, well, I, I, you know, started golf just, you know, through the high school programs and started working for Larry Murphy back just as a driving range kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Murph was very influential in my career, uh, a mentor, uh, working for him at Moore Country Club for so long. It just uh, kind of seemed to be the way to go. Uh, uh, just loved every minute. I won the... Menzel, Fargo-Moore at Menzel City when I was 18, and of mm-hmm. course your dad did the, did the interview. Uh, no way. Yeah. Uh, after the win, yeah. So, uh, you know, it just kind of set the seat for my direction, I guess. Yep. Larry Murphy has tutored many of golf professionals. What did you learn under yeah. under Larry? 
you know, every day was a learning process. He didn't even know we were, he was teaching us. We just kind of learned by observation and working with him, uh, hand, you know, right on, hands-on. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, he kind of dealt with all of us in all those ways and, and affected uh, a lot of the Fargo-Moorhead professionals and some of them down in the cities. And I lost track of how many, but there's got to be 13, 14 of us out there that yeah. has uh, gone on to head positions. Yep, you won the All City at a young age. Did you uh, were you were you looking at a career in golf as a player? Uh, if you were playing today, it might be a different story because there's more opportunities. Yeah, you know, I mean that that became it was pretty much that I was going to go with the club pro side. I mm-hmm. mean, I felt that I didn't have uh, you know the the game that was going to be strong enough, obviously, to compete that way. Okay, uh, I just I just was more groomed. Larry with uh, how to deal with people and uh, a golf club setting and, and, a, and a golf pro position from that that angle. Mark Holm, the head professional at Detroit Country Club, joins us. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show on 740 The Fan as presented by Michelob Ultra. How did Detroit Country Club come about? Well, I was with Wapit and the Boydy Sioux for about seven years okay. when the job came available uh, after Jack Warrior reached Hired once he came back to take over for another year and to kind of give them another uh, opportunity to open it up for mm-hmm. uh, the position. And so I, I got it to of the I think there were forty seven interviewed or not interviewed but forty seven applied and uh, I was fortunate to get it back wow. in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, that's a that's quite the competition. Forty. I don't know if you get that today. Do you? I don't. No. Not no. not uh, no not today. What was the process? Did you have to go through several interviews? Uh, was it a finalist situation? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was. It was a finalist. I uh, can't remember, you know, who they might have been, but there was about five of us that were in the final interviews amongst the board of directors, which at that time was twelve board of directors, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, yeah, went through the average, you know, that that structure. Yeah. Uh, what was Boydie yeah. Sue? I, I didn't know you were down there. I I, I didn't know that I, I was bypassed yeah. that part of your life. Yeah, I went from uh, working for Larry mm-hmm. at Board Country Club for a number of years as an assistant, and then uh, I applied for that job when that came available uh, back in 1984. Mm-hmm. So it, I was there for about seven years. Yeah. Did the course make any changes back then? And for people that don't know, Niner and Wapiton, and right, is nine and nine, Niner and Breck, and, and yeah. Niner and Wapiton. Nine in each state. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they made changes toward the end. We made some, you know, a golf hole changes, uh, rerouting, to, but they still stayed nine and nine in each state. Yeah. Pretty unique. Yeah. You take over at Moorhead, Mark. What was the situation back in 1991 with the club? Actually, when I took over Detroit Country Club? Correct. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was uh, one of the busiest golf courses in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go through probably about 65,000 players on both golf courses from uh, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yep. So there were my normal days, I, I think uh, we had 250 people was probably our slowest day. Wow. Uh, yep. But uh, we'd go through about 400 players on Saturday. Right. Just at the country club here. Yep. So the structure of what we worked under then, uh, the amount of people that we went through and then is probably – you know, half that, you know, uh, because of competition, you know, more, you got wildflower, you got thumper pond, you got blueberry pines, you got 
you know, a lot mm-hmm. more golf courses in the lake country that uh, that just spreads people out yep. and gives them more opportunities. So that's probably the biggest change in uh, in in the, the dynamics of our, uh, you know, back uh, 91, we had about 1,100 total members. Okay. And uh, we're at about seven. 735 right now, which is still a really good number, per se, on two courses. Yep. What's the family life of a golf pro in the summer that, uh, you know, and you mentioned it in your retirement letter, you'd like to spend more time with your family, but, um, you know, you're... Yeah. You put in long days, obviously. It's just, uh, you know, 10-hour days are are some of the short ones, and sometimes 14. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, your wife has got you got to bank on her to uh, keep keep the family kids busy and and until until I get home. But it's usually bedtime. So uh, you know, you, you go pretty hard, and uh, you know, winters are off. So I would catch up in in dad time then. But yeah. uh, yep. you know, it it's uh, it, you, you got to you got to go hard during yep. the summers. And so uh, I, the organization side of it commitment side of it gets to a point where you know legs aren't as strong as anymore but uh you know it's just time to uh let somebody else uh, step in and bring their ideas and their energies uh mm-hmm. to the golf course yeah, and you had a commute too correct back then i did but okay. uh you know we had some uh property on on lake property that uh, that we that's the commute was mostly spring and fall but once once we got into the groove of it we were down lake country for for the season yeah would you recommend or how would you recommend a and speaking of how you got into the business how would a, a an up-and-coming a kid get into get into the business these days what's the best route to go well i mean the pga program is 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 the, the direction you know working under a class a pro and getting getting involved with that person to work uh Work through the PGA program under Class A Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely uh, continuing their education and making sure they have a plan B. And, you know that they've got some uh, college or some other education that they that will go toward credit anyway to the PGA. But you know, I always like to have two plans for the young people. Right. You know, it doesn't always develop the way they might mm-hmm. want. The jobs are definitely different in today's world. Uh, there's Probably less um, less big jobs per se. Yeah. Uh, so you know they got to be they got to be sure that they've got themselves covered in two directions. I yep. guess. Mark Holm is the guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show. Is presented by Michelob Balta. We're going to take a break. More on our conversation with Mark right after this. Did you hit it twice, Chili Dipper? And we're back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. It's presented by Michelob Ultra, a show seen far and wide. I should say listen to far and wide on the 740 The Fan Network. Always podcasted on 740thefan.com and inform.com. Mark Holm is a guest. He's the retiring, soon-to-be-retiring head professional at Detroit Country Club. One of my favorite golf courses all time. It forever will be, Mark. And I'm not sure why. What is the attraction for me? To, is it because it's it's not horribly long and I'm not a horribly long hitter? Is it the lakes? Is it the environment? Why do I like this course? 
Well, you, you hit it on the, the head with the length. It's a 1916 locked-in uh, acreage that you can't really do much with except mm-hmm. keep what we got in really great condition, which Darwin Lindsay, our superintendent, and his crew do a fabulous job of keeping it what I call a new a country club condition. Mm-hmm. It's a public golf course. And uh, so, I mean, when you start driving up through the drive itself, is a pretty unique way of coming into the clubhouse, the way you come up and drive into the parking lot. And from that point on, everything is just, you know, carved out of all the old trees and uh, and just has a, a lake field sitting between the two lakes, yep. obviously. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's, you can you can have fun on the golf course. You don't get beat up as bad. I mean, you do your own damage because, the you know, how you played the hole. But uh, I think that's it. I mean, we get a lot of people and the first time playing, and that's usually the first words out of their mouth is, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's all supposed to be fun, believe it or not. Yeah, but it's sneaky tough, though. I'm just telling you, even though it's oh. not long, there's some areas yeah. that you got to be smart. Well, again, with the old design, I mean, you got a lot of false fronts and uh, a lot of shots that you got to create different shots. You can't just fly it in because the greens are small. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to, you know, bump and run and do some uh, some unique type of club uh, shot making uh, mm-hmm. to make this golf course uh, more playable. So uh, we, you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's, it's a, a viewed by like yourself as many. It's just a fun place to come. Uh, you know the the aura of it and you know the pine to palm tournament obviously you know creates a lot of uh, uh tournament uh activity that people you know wonder why is this golf course uh what it is and attracting such a big big event like that so got a lot of a lot of things why do you think the pine to palm has such longevity and retains its popularity what is it about this tournament that just has an attraction every year? That's hard to maintain a tournament like that. It just really is. Well, the the, the, the people that run it, you know, with our committees that run it, make it very special for the players. So that's what I always remember coming as a player, that I always felt special coming here mm-hmm. from having, having people the way they uh, have uh, spotters and rangers and this and that that can make the tournament run smoothly. Uh, so that in itself with uh, the kind of players that come, the families that have developed and committed their time to come on vacations and play in it, I mean, it's such a tradition. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's just all kinds of things that have made it so popular. Uh, you know, you got 480 players or something like that that yeah. uh, come in and play. And, and to, to manage it around, we've gotten really good at, uh, the committees have gotten very good at uh, getting that amount of players in. It's it's very very well run, so that 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 kind of sells the deal to players. I also would add that the the timing of the event being in the beginning of August, it feels like it's sort of the end of the summer tournament as we head to fall. As we think about football, as kids start going back to school, or at least thinking about it, it's almost like a a, a championship in sort of the end of the summer. Right. It is. I agree. It is kind of the finishing feel of, of, of golf, and and I think you're 100 percent correct on how that how that uh, how that sets up and 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 people are scheduled for that uh, transition. Mark Holm is a guest. He's the I hate to say it outgoing head professional at Detroit Country <laughs> Club. Um, 
Do you, uh, are you going to miss it? I mean, you talk about long hour days, Mark. I mean, 10, 12 hour days and, and you're dealing with the public. Let's face it. It's not always easy dealing with the public. Are you going to miss it or, or, or not? Well, we did. Well, you know, you always do this for this long. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can't, uh, we can't say we won't miss it, but I definitely won't miss the uh, commitment and all the hours and things that, that, uh, that you put in, but, I miss, I'll miss the people, the interaction with the public, uh, the tournaments that we run. Those are those are what I would miss. Yeah. But the the everyday stuff, uh, we uh, I'll, I'll I'll pass that on to the next person. <laughs> yeah, those that's for sure. Yeah, I, I would too. Yeah, I've always said that yeah. too. I, I mean, I always write. You're, you're always going to golf, but yep. I I will not miss some of the just day to day stuff. Right. I guess you know. Yeah, I mean that's just with every job you got a lot of things. To grind out but uh you know like i said the all the all the fun and, and stuff that you have with the, the, the people is uh i can say that's the only thing that will and i'll be around you know i'll probably i'll probably be the one going why are we behind on tea time and, uh, <laughs> why so i'll, I'll turn you know, i'll start yeah. rangering maybe, right. you know just to kind of have some more uh interaction so right uh, just a couple of questions left, Mark. Uh, yeah. Some changes over the years. Uh, the, the, the course has gone through some changes like every course. Can you highlight a few, a couple that you're very proud of in, in your reign? Uh, we, you know, with the changes of the course, we. What I, my main deal is how to protect it and keep it in the same without getting in too much uh too much architectural change because mm-hmm. this is what it is. It's uh, you don't want to start changing the length because number one, we barely we've done a little bit of it, so that's made it a little bit longer. But to, keeping it the same, uh, uh, I think all uh, anything we've done has been a pretty strategic thing. You know, uh, taking out a lot of trees uh, and putting back ones that are more uh, what we call. Uh, integral part of the golf course to make sure that it plays out the way we want it to. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and being a part of that uh, committee has been fun. Uh, not everybody agrees with what trees we should take out, but, uh, yep. you know, we just have to, as a committee, make that that kind of uh, commitment change. So, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's uh, everything's been such a subtle change over many years, but... Uh, I can't pick out anything uh, one particular. So, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but do you have a favorite hole or two? Now that uh, you know, now that maybe you're a month or two from from leaving, maybe you could say it now. But uh, what, uh, what, what would you? What would you? Well, hole number eight. Hole number eighteen is still my favorite because it requires you know a, a place to drive, uh, depending on how far you want to play it in from, mm-hmm. and then playing in your second shot is elevated, so. You know, once you get on the green, uh, you uh, you now have the putting, which is the trickiest part of the hole. So you can hit it in two, but it's it's very easily you can walk away with a five yeah. uh, because of yep. all, all the aspects of that hole. You, sir, have never had a sink a putt on that to win the Class of 82 golf tournament. Because oh, but I'm sure somebody has. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen people chance to win and, and end up in fourth because it's just w- whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I like six. I, 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 there's something about that short par four that just can bite you. Well, and, and you make either birdie or double. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that is, uh, that, that's, a, you know, 
there's a lot of those unique holes, and that's, again, why it's so fun. You can either drive it. we got a lot of the young players that uh, that drive it, and uh, and uh, it's, it's that, part, that part of the golf course for Pine to Palm is one of the things we bring back to is why it's so such a match-play golf course. That's yeah. the thing about yeah. it, too, is it, it's changed so much. These young guys hit hybrids under that particular hole that you, you show six. Yep. So risk-reward. Probably the best match play golf course in the United States. And speaking of uh, uh, risk reward, Tom Hoagie has has won the Pine. I right, yeah, he won. He, yep. Yeah, he's a past winner. Past British, winner and runner up. British Open this week. What do you? I mean, you've seen some great players. I, I, I just, yeah. um, uh, I don't know if you have a chance yeah. to watch them play when you're there, but oh, well, we yeah, we watched them play. Uh, you know, Tom, and you know, you got Tom Lehman, you got Noto of a has been here. You've got. Uh, you know, those kind of players have been here and never won. Yeah. Uh, but Hoagie has. Yeah. Now, that being said, it's that's what the game is. I mean, his year this year has been unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, his mental confidence, and uh, he now feels really comfortable out there, and he feels, hey, I am as good as these guys. I mean, you can't buy that. And mm-hmm. he is now at a level to where, you know, I'm hoping for the best for him. I, You know, he's never you know, played in it. So again, how did, how well did he do at the Masters? He did yep. pretty darn good for not playing in, you know, that's not an easy golf course to learn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for him. I've commented to him, you know, on various times, uh, texting him on great tournaments. And yep. He was so excited to play the Masters. I can't even believe how excited he is to play for uh, the British Open. It's, it's just a dream come true. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and, uh, have him have him uh, do as well he's done all year yep well mark um congratulations on uh, on a great career at detroit likes country club detroit country club and yeah. uh, appreciate all, all you've done and uh, it's been fun having you around and you've been on the show uh, a great friend of the show and uh we'll, we'll catch you around i'm sure your golf game will get better well you know it's just a game so yeah. i just uh i'll, I'll just uh ha- keep track of my good holes and the other ones will just have to be that's awesome awesome but i appreciate uh, all you do for uh the find a palm and detroit country club so uh uh thank you also yep it's been great that's mark holm this is okay. jeff kopak we're gonna take a break when we come back uh the pxg thing let's uh talk about that back after this and we are back this is jeff kopak this is the golf show as presented by michelob ultra on 740 the fan 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com is your web address. Thanks again to Mark Holm for joining us on the first half of the show. A great 30-year run at Detroit Country Club for Mark, and best wishes on him and his retirement. Over the years, I've uh, had different uh, clubs and, and equipment, and I've had friends asking, what is the best clubs for me, and my general answer is I'm probably the last guy to, for, uh, to give you a recommendation on, on what, be, what clubs would be to you. My answer is always go to a pro. Go to somebody who can, who can fit you, get somebody who, who knows those different clubs fit different people. You have different price ranges. There's so many variables that go into it that just one talk show host certainly would not be qualified to handle that question. I've had ping, I've had titles on the show, and today I'm going down that road again. And um, I've always been curious with the, the story of the PXG clubs and to help us further along on that topic and, and to get to the story of PXG 
Uh, Ryan Livingood is a club fitting specialist for PXG. He's uh, from the area and is kind enough to take a few minutes to uh, talk about the, the three letters of PXG. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. I'm doing well, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, first of all, give us a little background in your golfing world and how you arrived at PXG. Yeah, I've uh, kind of worked in golf in one form or another for most of my life. Never never played too competitively, but grew up working at, at a country club and worked on the retail side of things throughout college and graduated college in, in 2019 and stars happened to align. I heard about the opening through uh, mutual connection in the business and mm-hmm. been with PXG ever since. So coming up on three years now, which uh, doesn't sound like too long, but it's, it's a pretty young company, and I've uh, been fortunate to experience some some pretty incredible growth over the uh, the past few years. So it's it's been fun. I'm based out of Minneapolis now. Um, I'm a Fargo native, mm-hmm. um, and we have a we have a pretty strong presence in Fargo. So uh, back in the day, I would I would frequent Fargo quite a bit on on, on fitting trips. Uh, now we have another fitting specialist who lives in the area, and he he covers that market. But uh, Fargo's been awesome. There's a lot of PXG out in Fargo. Let's get into the story first of all, PXG and how it came about. Bob Parsons was the GoDaddy.com guy. He yep. I think sold that. Yep. He made billions on it or whatever. It, that doesn't matter. But you take over the story of Bob Parsons and how he got involved in Parsons Extreme Golf. Of course, that is the PXG part of it. Sure. Yeah, I've given this story a, a few thousand times for sure. So, <laughs> no, you you hit the nail on the head, and it's a pretty pretty cool origin story. To your point, um, he made most of his his billions through GoDaddy. He sold that, um, and he was you know kind of a self proclaimed golf nut, um, spending literally six figures every single year on his own golf equipment, which mm-hmm. is a pretty tough figure to wrap your head around. It yeah. sounds like a made up story, but. We've uh, we've heard it from an inside source. I guess when you're a billionaire, uh, you can you can drop six figures a year on your own golf. I want to stop you there. That must that must be uh, that must have been um, uh, stressful for the guy to find the right fit or whatever. I mean, I think he would just go to the store and he'd say, "Give me give me a set of these, a set of these, a set of these, a set of these." (laughs) Like he was just he was totally addicted to the game yeah um you know he's an average golfer in his own words as, as most of us are and um you know long story short he could never really find anything that blew him out of the water um so he became buddies with a guy by the name of mike nicolette uh he was the uh kind of lead engineer over at ping mm-hmm. just started picking his brain on on what would be possible in the golf equipment world if you really had no restraint no time limit no budget, literally pour as much resource into the R&D as possible. You know, before PXG, these equipment manufacturers were given a budget they need to stick within, and they were given a date that they need to release their product. We never had any of those restrictions. Hmm. You know, we don't really, we don't follow a set product cycle. You know, every other manufacturer follows a set product cycle, whether that's every, every year or some, maybe every two years. We don't do that, you know. We release new products when we have something that that's better. So, um, so you don't, you don't, uh, Ryan. Let me. So you don't have the pressure of getting, you don't have the pressure of getting a product to the say Orlando in February for the show. Correct, correct. Yeah. So I mean, our our life cycle has kind of varied throughout uh, throughout our company's history. Um, you know, it, as soon as we have something that's significantly better than our prior generation, okay, we'll release it. So yeah, it certainly takes a little little pressure off there, and I can honestly say that every single 
generation of product that we've released has truly been, um, you know, significantly better than the last. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's fun. And, you know, our, our, our brand has evolved quite a bit over the years. You know, PXT still has this perception of being extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot less niche than what it once was. We still do have a lot of that product that is more expensive, but okay. we've really expanded our product line. We have some more quote unquote entry level options that are still phenomenal. We continue to kind of carry over our prior generation product at a more discounted price. So again, it's been cool for me to kind of see that shift over the years and really expand our market, um, you know, to the point where a lot more people can, can realistically, you know, afford PXT. Okay. Ryan Livingood, he's a club fitting specialist for Parsons Extreme Golf based on Minneapolis, but that's that's just a base. It goes You go all over. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan. Have you met Bob Parsons? What do you know about him as a, as, as a guy? Yeah, yeah, I have met Bob Parsons. Um, he's awesome. He's a character. You see him on TV. He's, he's the same guy in real life as you see on TV. He's high energy. Go, go, go. Um, he's a smart guy. He's a generous guy. Uh, you know, so Bob, his, his background, maybe we'll touch on this, is, you know, he's, he's a military guy. So uh, he's a Marine. He served in Vietnam. He won the Purple Heart. Um, and you know, that's something that's really at the core of, of his DNA and, and PXG's DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, that's something that's really important to us. We have what we call a heroes program, which is some pretty heavily discounted pricing for military for first responders. Oh, wow. So, you yeah. know, Bob really carries that mentality, uh, you know, that he learned, uh, you know, as he, when he served through, through the rest of his life, I think he credits most of the success he ever achieved to his time um, as a Marine, and uh, it, it, it's all or nothing. You do it right or, or you don't do it at all. So he's, uh, he's a character, um, and uh, he's, he's a fun guy to work for, for sure. So you get the top guy from Ping over to PXG. What changes, if you can, I don't know if there's if it's a, you know, a, a real big secret or if it's not, but what, mm-hmm. specifically what, what do you do better than, say, uh, or what advantages did he have working at PXG than he did at, say, Ping or who, whatever other company? Yeah, it kind of goes back to, you know, what I was talking about before and the fact that Bob Parsons told and he said pretty simple instructions, make the best club humanly possible. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how long it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. So it really freed him up from all those restrictions, and I can certainly, you know, dive into the tech aspect of everything i'm just curious a little bit yeah if you could dive into one or two yeah yeah i mean really what makes our iron special and we kind of pioneered this with our generation one irons there's been some other companies that have tried to follow suit but um we we pioneered this hollow headed iron so it's a hollow headed iron and we fill it with a polymer type fill so that allows us to make the face ultra ultra thin the thinnest face in, in in the iron game by uh, by a ways that's really what everybody's going for in the iron mm-hmm. market right now so allows us to you know stabilize that base creates more of that that trampoline effect so forgiveness distance and, and really good feel that's um you know our irons are forged five times which is insane so they're really really soft um and we have just so many options and i mean apart from the product itself i think what really separates pxg is is the the tour level fitting experience Mm-hmm. Um, you know the customer service, the relationships, 
So we don't sell it's it's all direct through PXC. I mean, it's yeah. a completely different model than any other uh, golf equipment manufacturer out there. You know, you won't see our product stocked in any of the big box stores. It's all direct through our representatives. Um, you know, whether that be my colleague Travis, who, who's out in, out in the Dakotas, um, working at, at Sweet Shots uh, and, and Fargo Country Club. Uh, it's all direct through PXG. Here in Minneapolis, we have a PXG retail store. Um, we were one of the earlier ones in the country, and we were number five. Uh, there's now 16. And ask me again in a couple of years, it's going to be in the 40s. So we don't really have any plans to stock in any of the big box stores. These retail locations are, are popping up all over the place, mm-hmm. and that's really so we can control, uh, again, the overall experience and, and, and the fitting. So yeah. okay. come get fit, it's, a, it's quite a bit of a science these days. There's a lot of numbers and data and tons of shafts and lies and lofts and heads and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, you answered my question on why not big box. Well, that's it because you, you, you have control over it. You have control over the product. Exactly. And, yep, I got it. Ryan Livingood is with Parsons Extreme Golf. That's PXG. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. We come back. More talk on clubs and tech. And I got a few other things I need to throw at Ryan back after this. You got to drive them in the sand traps. Bring left and right and long. Back for the final segment of the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefat.com. You can find the... Podcasts always on 740thefan.com or inform.com. Every uh, gets on there every late uh, Saturday afternoon or somewhere around noon. Golf show always coming to you from Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio in Fargo. Ryan Livingood is the guest. He is a specialist with Parsons Extreme Golf. That's PXG. The three letters. I'm sure you've seen them around. The black and white. Uh, a couple things first on, on the technology, Ryan. Uh, it, it's you said it's evolved. How has it evolved? Yeah, so from day one, I mean, just talking about you know, the iron started with this hollow head. We fill it with this polymer. You know, really what changes throughout every single generation is that polymer material itself. And there's kind of a story to tell between Gen 1 to Gen 2 to Gen 2 to 3 to 4. And now we're, you know, now we're on Gen 5. We just recently uh, came out with Gen 5. So continues to get softer, hotter. Face continues to get thinner. Um, you know, really, for, for me, what, what makes PXG special in general is, is really the forgiveness aspect. I think there's, you know, kind of this perception that, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough to play these or I'm not good enough to go in for a custom fitting. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, if you hit everything right out of the middle, um, it, it, it probably doesn't matter as much what you play, right? So right. for okay. me, the biggest benefit is that one you hit off the toe you hit off the heel, it's just not going to hurt you quite as much. And getting into the proper setup in terms of shaft and, and, and several other adjustments that we make throughout a fitting mm-hmm. um, can, can really make a big difference. So they continue to get more forgiving. They continue to go further. And, you know, it has been, and, and I know I sound, sound biased, but it is cool to, you know, compare, you know, former generations to what we currently have in and just see the, see the data, right? The, the yeah. numbers don't lie. Um, and again, we still offer Gen 4 at a, a lesser price point too. So we hit Gen 4, you hit Gen 5. If you know, uh, if you're hitting Gen 4, just as good, great. Let's go with Gen 4. But it's yep. just nice to get those numbers in front of you, and uh, you know, put everything to the test for sure. Say you're Tom Smith, you're driving around Central North Dakota right now, or Eastern North Dakota, Western Minnesota, South Dakota, wherever you are. 
I'm a 15 handicapper and I go to you. What do you do? What's the first thing you do? Take us through the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we offer every 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 club in the bag, driver to putter, everything in between. So, um, you know, we'd, we'd get you on the calendar at, at one of our many fitting locations that, that's convenient for you. Uh, we book you an hour to an hour and a half fitting, depending on kind of what you're looking for. Okay. Um, you know, I always start by just letting people, uh, you know, get loosened up and kind of go through a bit of an interview process where I talk to them about their game. You know, what are their strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you looking for? What are you trying to achieve? Um, I always have them start with their current gamer and get some numbers on there and get, get, get the rust shaken off. I'll, you know, walk you through the lineup. Like I said, we have a lot of products out right now. So kind of dialing in, uh, you know, uh, if you had anything uh, specific in mind. Um, and then we, we start trying stuff. So, I mean, it, it, you do so many of these fittings. I mean, I could watch you probably take five swings and I could say, okay, you need to be in, you know, one of these five shafts. You could do it that quick, huh? With. Huh. Well, hmm. we could get it narrowed down. Sure, that narrowed way, down, right? yep, I mean, okay. Yeah, you'd, you'd see kind of the, the, the bags that we carry we carry with us or the shaft wall, and it is just insane, mm-hmm. you know, the options that we have right so okay you kind of fall in this 95 to 105 gram stiff shaft okay well we got seven of those so we start <laughs> you know you start dialing in okay. um you know hit a few with each i'm always asking for feedback the one thing i can't do is tell you how something looks or feels so yeah. it, it's an interactive experience for sure okay. we're chatting we're having a good time it's laid back it's not meant to be stressful um again it goes back to what i was saying before we fit very average golfers on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody's looking for a little more forgiveness, a little more performance. And um, it, it, it's pretty remarkable, the, 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 the numbers and the results that we can see throughout a fitting. And, again, we got all those in front of us. So we travel with a track man, which is, you know, best of the best in terms of launch monitor technology. We get it hooked up to the computer. A lot of our fittings we do are outside. A lot of them are inside. Um, so we, we tag every combination. Okay. We're hitting this head with this shaft. We're hitting this head with this shaft, this, that, the other thing. We got it all tagged on the computer. I'm asking yeah. for feedback. I'm telling you what I think. And, you know, at the end, we, we kind of compare the numbers we see what's working, what's not. And, uh, and we go from there. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's a fun time. So I know Dave Schultz got fitted up by, recently. He just tweeted out about his PXG clubs. Let's take a 7-iron. Sure. How would Dave Schultz's 7-iron differ from Jeff Kopak's 7-iron? Say I'm a 16, <laughs> 7. How, yeah. how would that differ? For sure, yeah. So we have a lot of different profiles. So like look, looking at our flagship products, or say our Gen 5, you know, there's three different heads to choose from there. So we have uh, a, a tour head. Uh, which is for that Dave Schultz, kind of that, that single-digit player. It's more workable. Um, it's not as forgiving as some of our other options because when you're Dave Schultz and you hit it in the middle every single time, mm-hmm. uh, you, you maybe value a little bit more workability, meaning I want to step up and I want to hit this fade or hit this dry. I need to leave my face a little open or shut versus some of our other options that maybe the more average player would fit into. They're designed to minimize the effect that that club face rotating will have. Okay. Um, it's designed to go as far as possible if you hit it off the toe or off the heel. So we have our tour head. We have a head called the player head, which is kind of right in between. It fits a very wide range of golfers, um, good combo of playability and forgiveness. And then we have our XP head or our extreme performance head. That is, without a doubt, uh, personally, the, the head I sell the most of because it's hands down the most forgiving. 
and it hands down goes the furthest. And I give everybody that same walkthrough, and most of them look at me like, why would I play anything other than the XP, right? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and, uh, right. That's a, it's, a, it's a pretty fair point, honestly. The biggest difference, too, with us is it, it's just profile. So in all three of those heads, they're all fours five times. So people in golf, they have this perception that a head being fours means it's, it's a blade or it's unforgiving. When really it's just the fact that, you know, in the past, before PXD, these club manufacturers would place more of an emphasis on that feel for the better player club and mm-hmm. think, okay, if you're an average golfer and you're looking for forgiveness, you don't, you don't really care about that. So yep. all these irons, you know, in that range, they follow the same DNA, the same tech, the hollow head, the polymer. It's just a different profile, okay. more or less offset larger smaller that kind of thing yep. so um you know shaft obviously is a big big thing right so, i mean we carry everything from uh the lead pipe two by four for the uh the big hitters out yeah. there to something that's uh very lightweight and very soft and designed to get the ball up in the air and everything in between yeah so, ryan living good is with pxg club to oh. the swing not the other yep. way around sorry i didn't mean to no off. that's all right a couple minutes left with you I so was... i'm 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 just so curious i, I... <laughs> I'm I'm jumping the gun here on you. Uh, no, did, did COVID interrupt you guys in any way, shape, or form? No, we were. We, it briefly did, very briefly. Um, you know, obviously in the golf industry, uh, we were pretty fortunate because golf saw a pretty pretty big boom during COVID. The game has grown a lot. We see uh, a lot of new golfers coming in to see us because you know during lockdown they didn't have anything else to do, right? So. Mm-hmm. The store, it was interesting timing because this store opened in February of 2020. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, right, that right from, yep, yep. February was crazy. We blew our wildest expectations out of the water for what the store could do. And then boom, you know, COVID hit. So uh, we shut down the store for a little while, but it wasn't too long. Um, and then we still had our, 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 what we call our mobile fitting presence, which, uh, we, you know, it was the one we go out to the golf course, right? We go out to Fargo Country Club, we go out to Oxford, we go out to all these clubs in the cities and, and host events, you know, on the range. And we got in back into action there pretty quick. I, I, I remember early on being out on that range with rubber gloves, a mask, and, and, a, and a face shield on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, your astronaut I'm suit. Up right? out there, it's 85 degrees. But, yep. um, yeah, so we were overall, we were, we were pretty fortunate, um, thankfully, in, in the golf industry here industry here throughout uh, throughout covid mm-hmm. um you know one thing it, it did slow down across the industry and we can touch on this a little bit is you know anybody who's went to been interested in purchasing golf clubs here in, in recent years um there's massive massive delays um across across the board uh on different manufacturers we at pxg have been extremely fortunate we haven't really thought any of that um, so our turnaround time is right now it's you know ten to fourteen days. Wow. Everything's custom built. It's all yep. ordered in Scottsdale. But um, you know I talked to a lot of people who have you know ordered product through a, a different manufacturer and delayed, delayed, delayed. They're like I'm, I'm tired of playing the waiting game. You know mm-hmm. get me some clubs. So uh, PXG has been has been fortunate in, in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. We can we can get people their stuff quickly. I don't know if you can answer this in less than forty five seconds, but uh, what's the future? It's uh, are, are you still unlimited funds? Yeah. Get the best club out there. Absolutely, yeah. So it's the same DNA that we started this company with. 
Um, yeah, the future is bright. Like I said, it's been insane the last three years, the type of growth that we've seen. Um, I think we're going to, you know, continue on that trajectory. The stores is, is a big uh, focus for us. As I mentioned, we're going to have more PXG retail locations popping up all over the place. If any of your listeners are ever out in Minneapolis, come check it out. It's a beautiful facility, 7,000 square feet, two state-of-the-art mm-hmm. simulators. Um, so it's fun. There's going to be stores like that popping up all over the place. We've got some awesome partnerships um, out in the Fargo-Morad area and, and all around. Um, you know, Sweet Shops, if, if you're in Fargo, is an awesome, awesome spot to, to go check out. We're also still going to Fargo Country Club. We're going to all the other, you know, courses in the area. So future is bright. The team is growing like crazy. When I jumped on board, there was about two, two other guys in this market. We cover North, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota. And that team has grown just incredibly. So um, future's bright. I'm excited to, to see what it holds. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks. Uh, yep. Thanks for sharing the story. Appreciate it. That's that's good stuff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, that was fun. That's Ryan Living Good from Parsons Extreme Golf. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit him straight.